Good morning, good morning. Good morning. I don't know. I don't know. I've got a new iPad case and I haven't used it up here yet and I'm not loving it. I'm not loving it. All right, good morning. Now, can I have a little less to no reverb, Mally, if that's okay? Beautiful. We have a little bit of an interesting, exciting morning this morning. Preparing my sermon this week, we got a curveball to say that we were going to have the power cut off at 10, and then we got, they pushed it back to quarter past 10, and then um, Mal is an absolute genius and came up with the way that we can keep the lights on, so he's done that, but we've just, as you would have seen, the Energex man's just come in and said we're not losing the power. So all the uh, kerfluffle for nothing but as it goes happy as but I, I was driving this this um during the week and i was listening to a um a hip-hop artist if you like and he was talking about how he is a christian and how he's come out as a christian and and he wants to live his life for god and i was thinking through what that actually means and i, I shared with the worship team this morning i thought you know it, it's not enough for us just to say that we're a christian there's there's actually an action that we have to do with that and there's, a, there's a, a position that we have to, to find ourselves in where we're actually walking that being a Christian out. So as I was saying to the worship team this morning that Jesus said that the, most, the two most important commandments we can follow were to love God and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But that first one, that love, love God, is an incredibly amazing task, but it's one that we have to focus on. So we have to bring ourselves to a place where we, we actually go, God, I... I want to know you and I want to love you. And we actually have to do something. It's not enough just to tick the box and say, no, I love God. I've done the first one, tick, that's finished. And then I move on to the second one. It's actually a, a, a life outworking that we get to walk towards, to actually know God and, and love God. And you know, the deeper we want to go, the deeper he will take us. So the more we step into it, the more we hunger. I, I heard Bill Johnson once say, the kingdom's upside down. The, the more you eat, the hungrier you get. You know, the more we chase God, the more he'll show us, the more he'll give us. So in that, I was, I was just saying, you know, that, that worship that we find ourselves in in the midst of the week and, and when we come together as a family, that worship of God is actually that, that place of longing him and finding him and seeking him out. And that worship doesn't mean get a guitar and, and strum it and sing. It can mean just going to a quiet place and praying to God. You know, Jesus removed himself from the disciples regularly to sit in that quiet place and say, God, I want to know what, what you are doing here. You know, when it says that Jesus didn't do anything that he didn't hear the Father say, he had to go and actually listen to the Father to hear what he was saying. You know, we, I think we, we make it this incredibly difficult, spiritualized journey where we think that Jesus had this ability to just hear what God was saying. While he did, he also took himself to a quiet place to sit with God and say, God, I'm here, speak to me. So as we walk this journey out, we actually have to be, to be stepping out what it is that God's doing in our lives, seeking him, chasing him, saying, God, I want to be with you. The reason that we, we worship like we do is because we're, we're seeking God. There is no other name that I want to sing about. I want to sing about you and I want to find you in this place. I want to find you in the triumph and I want to find you in the struggle. So I just really felt that as we were, we were worshiping, you know, that I want to encourage you to take that home, take that chasing home, take that when you read your scriptures, before you read them, pray, God, show me, reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. There's no other name and I want to find you in, this, in these texts, in this scripture. I want to find what it is you're saying to me and, and what I can do with this thing. So why don't we just pray quick before we get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God. Just thank you, Lord, that in the midst of of this world, you just bring peace and order. God, in the most simplest ways, you reveal yourself, Lord. In the flesh, we struggle to comprehend and to understand, and we can get up in arms because they're going to cut the power, and so simply you send some rain to say, no, not today. Father, that you know exactly what you're doing, Lord. That as a father smiles at his children in the small things that he does, God, you smile at us in the way that we come willing to know you willing to seek your face. I just pray this morning, Father, that as people come and share and they come and express who you are, Lord, that 
that we all see who you are through these stories, Father. We all see who you are and what you're doing in this place, Jesus. You reign in this house. You reign in this city as king. And you reign in this nation, God. Your will be done here. Holy Spirit, come and just move freely. We just invite you to to come and fill this place with who you are. Fill this place with your love and your glory. Jesus, in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. We have an incredible family. I just want to thank you guys so much for how awesome. Guys that are here, guys that aren't here. Dame's just got back from Fiji. Before he went, he was tirelessly trying to help us get men's camp up and running. Poured in effort now as he's laughing now because he doesn't think that he did. But the things that he was helping, he was keeping us on track, making sure that we had stuff to go. You know, he didn't have to do that. He doesn't get paid to do that. He could have just been ticking down the clock until his Fiji holiday. Now, this morning, well, yesterday, I called Mal about a million times to try and work out what we're going to do with this power outage. And without any problems at all, Mal goes, I'll just sort it out. I'll just sort it. Rocked up at Sparrow Fart this morning and plugged the generator in so that we could have power whether they were going to cut the power or not. You know, God, Jesus is building this house, but he's using us to do that. Our hands and our feet, he uses us in this place to actually do what he wants us to do. And it's quite incredible as as Jess and I lead this thing to actually get to see guys responding to what God's saying and saying, I'll do it. I want to be a part of that. And as I was thinking this week whether I have a few ideas for some sermons and then we we're going to have to finish by 10.30, so I, I changed it. I just really felt God express the fact that we need to hear each other's testimonies more. We need to know what God's doing in our lives. We need to understand where he's leading all of us because we all have our own stories. And that while we're at men's camp, which I'm going to get quietly to share on in a minute, while we're at men's camp, we heard Michael, who's not here this morning, and, and Arne's testimony, which most of you heard last week, you know, it was phenomenal hearing their background. We come together regularly, we know each other, but very rarely do we ask each other what God's done in their life. And, you know, Michael's testimony was a tearjerker. We had, we had 20 men sitting around a campfire, all quietly having a little tear to ourselves so that no one knew. But it was phenomenal to hear his story and to hear how God actually brought him through. And he unashamedly says, I don't really understand it, but I know God did this for me. You know, that's a phenomenal thing to hear from somebody because it's so, it's so often we don't understand what God's doing. We don't see it. We, don't, we can't fathom it until it happens. And then we go, I do not know what happened but God. I've shared this a hundred times before, but Jess and I being in this, in this place that we're in, it doesn't make any sense for us but God. God's doing something in this. So I just wanted to take this morning to just get a few guys up to come and share some stories. But if you, if you just got a Bible, go with me to Revelations 12, 7 verse 11. I realize the last little while I've been in Revelations. Don't panic. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to be... Oh, I don't know if I get there. <laughs> it is a fantastic book. It is a challenging book. It's hard to understand and there's times where you really need God to show, show you what's being said in this book. But it's quite phenomenal. I just want to read something here this morning. So Revelations 12 verse 7. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, referring back to the serpent in the garden which we've spoken about, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of, God, of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accusers of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. Just imagine that for a second. That Satan gathered together, as we know, angels in heaven to fight against Michael and the other angels. He gets defeated. It's, they're overthrown. They all fall. And a loud voice comes forth and says, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night 
before our God. Could you imagine the eruption of just joy and excitement in that place? The incredible thing is the next verse, if you read on, says, And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. He's speaking about us, that Christ, by the blood of Christ, and by the word of the testimony, of our testimony, of what we're seeing, the enemy's defeated. So we actually live in a place where the enemy is already defeated. Satan has been defeated. That battle has been won. And we get to now stand in a beautiful place of testifying day in and day out of what that victory looks like. That our testimony to one another. And this morning we're going to get a few testimonies um, to come forth. But it doesn't have to be just on a Sunday morning. If you've got a testimony that you're aching to share, share it with somebody. Share it with the person sitting next to you. Every Sunday when, when church finishes, you get an opportunity to speak with like-minded believers, whether you know them well or not. And I understand that, that a testimony is something that's hard to bring because you have to be vulnerable to say, I was struggling in a part in my life, but God saved me in that. But you know, when you share your testimony, and we're going to try and do this more and more often, when you share your testimony with somebody, it encourages them on a level that you don't understand. Because they're, in most cases that I've seen, they're fighting a spiritual battle that you've just overcome, that God's just shown you how to overcome. And when you come to them with the tools to say, hey, this is what God showed me. Let, me. let me reveal this to you. Man, that's encouraging. All of our stories here are different and God's doing something different in our lives. When we can learn how to, to teach one another and show one another what God's showing us, that's how we disciple each other. Tanya and I sit together and, and go through some scriptures and it's phenomenal because we... We are both at a place where we're looking for truth. So it's not you convince me and I'll convince you. We both come with what we know and put it on the table and say, okay, what, what can we take away? What's the reality of truth in this? That's how we disciple one another. When we actually come to a place where I say, hey, this is what God's showing me. This is what I can see. This is what he's revealing to me. When we start to teach that to one another, man, we will strengthen the church. And when the church gets strengthened, we will see his, his kingdom come in this city and come in this nation. Is that okay? Cool. We're going to have some testimonies. What I want to ask is if you'll please honor these guys. They're going to, they're going to come forward and they're going to give something that they may not have ever done before. They may, it may be a scary story. It may be a challenging story. But I want us just to honor them with the way we listen. Guys who preach all the time can tend to deal with that better than others. But some of these guys may not have ever spoken before to this many people before. So I just want you to honor them and hear the stories and hear where God is actually changing their lives and, and, and operating in that. So, Kwa, do you want to come? We're going to start with Kuali. Because Kuali's a man. Chip, chip. I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay. Okay. You've got to talk into that thing. Like an ice cream cone. Okay? So, we, we just got back. Well, last week, was, last week before last was men's camp. No, last weekend was men's camp. Last weekend was men's camp. And we got the pleasure of having Kuali come with us. Sean, Sean and Mal looked after him. Looked after. Odd word. Kinda. But you had fun, eh? Yes. So, what was, Kwa, what was the funnest thing you did on camp? Wrestling a goat. You've got to explain the story. Explain the story. What did you do? Why, a, why was there goats? Um, because we were on a farm. Okay, and there was goats on the farm? Yes. Okay, and why were you wrestling them? Because it was fun and Mel taught me well. <laughs> so, Mum, if you're not sure why, that was Mel. Did you beat the goats? Yes. What about that one time when you didn't and it rolled you? I got ganged up on. <laughs> so, in that, what was the, that was the funnest part. What about, what about jumping off the cliff that we didn't tell Mum about? Tell them the cliff story. Now, come on. Okay. Tell them the so cliff story. So I was scared and um, Ben came and helped me. So I said, I don't want to jump off. So then he said, oh, I'll jump off and then you have to jump off five seconds later. It took me about ten minutes to jump off. So then when he jumped off, then I jumped off five seconds later. But you, you kept your word, didn't you? Yes. So Kuali said to me, we were sitting on a, it was a, a waterfall about 60 metres off the ground. Yes. And I, we climbed up and Kuali was scared to jump off, hey? But 
He said to me, if you jump off before me, I promise that I'll, I'll jump off after you. Yes. And you did, didn't you? Mm-hmm. What, if, if, so, if you explain to someone else, Kwa, about why they should come to men's camp, what would you tell them? It's fun. That's it? You didn't learn anything else? Um, what about what a boomerang does? What does a boomerang do? Come back. It, sorry? What does a boomerang come do? Back. It comes back. Kuali had wouldn't put the axe back. He would take the axe and we could never find where the axe was. So I taught Kuali what a boomerang does. Boomerang comes back. So the axe was, had to come back to where it was. But you had fun, huh? Yes. What about Michael's story? Did you, do you remember Michael's story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, was, what did you take away from Michael's story? Was it that you could... There's, there's always somebody you can talk to? God. Yeah. And that if, you, if you're struggling, there's, there's other people that know God that you can go and speak to, huh? Yeah. Give him a round of applause. We, we had, thank you, buddy. We, we had so much fun, and, and Kuali was, was an absolute delight to have on camp with us. He was a machine. He climbed, he climbed up the, uh, the waterfall, and he didn't want to jump, but he did want to jump. He said to me, I want to jump. I said, okay, well, we're going to jump. And in the end, he did. So... You know, these, these camps are, are, are opportunities for us to actually get to know one another. And we, we were able to do that. And Kuali bonded with, with all the guys there. You know, there wasn't like he, he only stayed to Mal. It was sort of like the, uh, it takes a community to raise a family. And it was awesome to see how well he, he listened to stories and, and heard from some of the men who have been a lot further along in, in their walk than he is. And same as me. You know, we, we got an opportunity to actually... Russell's shoulders with some of these guys to see, see what life has thrown at them and how they've sort of changed. So we, we want to do more of these things and we're going to do more, but family camp, men's camp, there's a, a lady something coming. don't know what it looks like, but, but we, want to, we want to do this because it actually gives opportunities for someone like Kuali to, to speak with guys. For me, it's actually to hang out and speak with guys. It's a whole new world when you, when you sleep next to Mark in a, in a tent. You know, you get a bit of excitement and... Nah, he was all right. I did say to Mark, though, if he snored till that, we'll carry him up the mountain. So, <laughs> thank you, Kuali. That was awesome. <coughs> all right, we, Debbie, do you want to come forward? So, Debbie, most of you would have known what Debbie and her husband Monty have been through in the last little while. So she's actually asked if she can come and share what God's done in that. So I know it's a very difficult thing for Debbie to do. So I just want you to be patient and, and, and honor her. I'm not going to ask many questions. I will ask questions if, if we want to try and get something out. But we just want her to express what God's done and how, how he's triumphed and still triumphing in this time. This is good. <coughs> Hear me? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, I've just been through such a trying time the last 18 months or so. Um, I was um, started getting sick, physically sick, with stomach, women's issues, and um, I started really praying hard, reading the Bible, doing everything I could, struggling, striving, and I just felt nothing. I didn't feel anything. I just was going deeper and deeper into this dark, dark place. And um, so I got my brother and Tanya to come over and pray and sort myself out. Because when I was reading scriptures and things like that, nothing was making sense to me. It was all condemning. It just, it just, my head was getting so mixed up because of the physical condition, I guess my, my mental state started going downhill too. So everything was getting mixed up, my prayers, my spiritual life, the reading of the Bible, I was um, condemning, condemning myself just so, so horribly, so horribly. I didn't know how to get out of it, so I, the striving and struggling was just, just horrible. So I went to church, I hadn't been to church for a very long time. And um, when I started coming here and um, 
you beautiful saints, <laughs> brothers and sisters who started that prayer, has just started opening up the cracks in the darkness. Your prayers are amazing. Uh, I thank you for honoring God's word by praying for your fellow Christians, your family of God. Um, I still, it took a while, and I, um, my husband got diagnosed, well, he had a work injury, and through the work injury, we found out he was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and they said if he didn't have chemo right away, he'd die in eight weeks, so that just brought me low again and I I went I went I broke I went up to Tambring Mountain I took a bunch of pills I, I was gonna end my life that was it too hard too hard can't go there I can't do it I can't do it so I was bound and determined that I was ending my life so I went up to Tambourine Mountain did that went where they do the sky diving off the cliff, went to the edge of the cliff, was going back and forth looking for a place to, to just jump. By then the, the medication was starting to kick in. And then I hear this bagpipes playing. These bagpipes were playing Amazing Grace. And I, I was feeling quite... Um, uh, quite tired by then, quite tired. And I, I turned around and tried to walk up to this man playing Amazing Grace on the bagpipes. And I started walking up to him and then I don't remember anything else till a few days later when I woke up in the, um, in the hospital in the um, psychiatric ward. But I found out later that that gentleman playing the bagpipes was an off-duty ambulance driver whose wife had told him he can't play the bagpipes in the house and he has to play them outside of the house. And he was an off-duty ambulance ambu ambulance driver and he, yeah, he saved my life. So, um, so that's where we're at. And your prayers and... And the sermons, everything was just seemed to be just for me. Everything that been preaching, all the songs, the uh, so God is so when you it's so dark in your life, He is so much brighter than any darkness could ever be, um, and faithful. He is so faithful, and. Uh, I give him all the glory. He's so faithful. Uh, when he tells you he will never, never leave or forsake you, he means it. It's set in stone. Don't worry about the rest. He'll never leave or forsake you. His promises are faithful forever. So I'll just tell you maybe a, a little yeah, bit of what's my husband. Um, well, I'm doing much better. Um, the doors have been opened to, to really good Christian psychiatrists, Christian doctors, um, and um, I would have uh, went to the doctors, and um, I was going to be on a waiting list for a hysterectomy for a year, but the presence of God was in the in the doctors. In the, in the doctor's room, we could just feel the Holy Spirit. And the lady pulled the stuff out of me, and she has, so within the next six weeks, I should be having my hysterectomy instead of like a year down the line. Wow. So doors are opening in all aspects. Finances, I haven't worked for two years. My husband now can't work, but finances have been opened um, through the access of, you know, Super and, and Centerlink. Mm. And um, I'm feeling better. It's a work in process. 
but I'm, I've, um, I lost 19 kilos and I've gained seven back, so things are, so it's all working out. And my husband's still alive. <laughs> He's just finished, finished um, four rounds of chemo and um, the results are good, things have shrunk. Um, and uh, yeah, we go from there. I think it's radiation next and yeah, we just keep going forward now going forward and I give God all the glory and I thank you for all your prayers um, you are doing God's work here why don't we just lay hands quickly and pray do you want to come here just reach your hands for as Debbie said, it's a, it's, a, it's a working process. God is still stepping out that healing. But what an incredible story of the faithfulness that God has already stepped her into, the faithfulness that God has already revealed in her. So, Father, we just declare right now just more, God. Just more, God. More of you, Jesus. That what you did on that cross allows us to step into so much of what you're doing here, God. We just pray, pray for Monty right now, Jesus, and we just declare your blood. We declare by your blood the victory. Like that verse in Revelation says, your blood brings the victory, Jesus. Your blood reigns over the enemy. Your blood speaks and casts out this thing. That Jesus, your blood brings us into wholeness with you. So we just declare right now, wholeness in Monty, God. And, and I pray, Father, that, that you reveal yourself in that wholeness, that you show him your heart. You show him the heart of the Father right now. Wherever he is, whatever he's doing, God, that right now you just reveal yourself to him, Lord. And in that healing, just, he just sees a fullness, the full face of the Father. God, we just pray for Debbie as well, Lord, that you just continue this journey of, of healing, Lord. You continue this walking forward of you, Lord. And we just pray the blood of Jesus right now. Just pour over and just cleanse and clean, <coughs> removing, Jesus, a reality, a wholeness. The reality of a wholeness in you and your beautiful name, we pray. Jesus name. Amen. In the scriptures we see that they they took um, cloth that had been prayed over, they laid it on sick people and they were healed. And demons came out and <clears throat> when, when I was living in Dubai, um, one of the guys brought a man to the meeting, and, and he was from the Philippines, and his wife had um, terminal cancer. She had three months to live. And so we, we asked him if he had a handkerchief, and he pulled it out of his pocket. So we prayed over the handkerchief. There was about four of us. You know, it was just done on the side of a meeting. And um, when we took our hands off the handkerchief, it was covered in gold, just full of dust. I've, ne I've never seen that before on the handkerchief, you know. So we just knew that God was in this. We gave it to the guy, and he took it back to the Philippines, laid it on his wife, and she was instantly healed. And um, the doctors were amazed that she had no cancer. Stage 4 met metastasized through her body. And um, not long after that, there was uh, during the meeting, there was a woman that got up and shared her testimony. She was Filipino, and lo and behold, it was, it was his wife. <laughs> Fully alive pregnant with a baby. They said she could never have a baby because she's going to die. Um, and to this day, as far as we know, this woman is alive. The child has been born and ha healthy and happy. That was, you know, maybe about eight years ago that this happened. So um, if we can pray over this cloth, those of you who have faith, come lay your hands on it. It was only took four of us. And um, I want to ask if you take this and just lay it on your husband and, and just declare healing. You know what I mean? I, I don't understand how it works. I just see it in the scripture. And if it's if it's in the, in the book, then it's true. Hey, guys, why, why are you coming forward? I, I just want to say this. I, I have known Brad for a, for a long time, and he's not, a, he's not a crazy person. But some of these stories that he tells, you know, we see them in the Scripture. So if we're going to genuinely see, this, see the Scripture and say, I believe in this book, and then we hear stories like this, this is ludicrous. In the world, it's ludicrous, but we see it in the Scriptures. It makes sense there. We, we can make sense of it here. So it, if this seems a little crazy, I, I, it is. But God said, 
And as we pray and we come with faith, and with faith we say, God, you're going to heal this man, then we see that happen. So why don't you come if you want to come and lay hands on this. How's that for a segue? Mal, do you want to come to share that? I truly believe that we are blessed in order to be a blessing. And, and through um, the story of Joseph, we saw how Joseph was raised up um, one, to bless the Israelites, but also he blessed the Egyptians. I truly believe that we're given an opportunity in, as we walk and as we carry Christ to be a blessing to the world. And in being a blessing to the world, I believe a blessing to other religions, that they would come to a realisation that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have a family who has been giving to Set Free Care for probably 15, 15 to 17 years. They're an Indian family who come in and they, they cook. 
around any um, celebration time that is going on in their family, and they're a Sikh family. And so they've come in and they've, they've cooked, and, and every time they have come in and cooked, they've asked me if I would pray for them. And, of course, I take the opportunity to pray. And you know what? I pray in the name of Jesus. And they, they recognise what we're talking about, what, we're, what we stand for. I just received a text during our surf service this morning. They've gone down to Grafton and they've, they've started doing a farm project of blueberries. Last month they got wiped out by hail. Um, new shoots were just starting to come on the blueberry um, bushes and they've been wiped out by frost. And so she's asked me if I would pray. And I, I just think, what an opportunity to declare the goodness of God. I've responded to her and I've, I've quoted Romans 8, 28 to them and said that, you know, there is an opportunity when we walk towards the purposes of God that God is able to work all things together for our good and for his glory. And, um, and so I just want to I, I pray for them this morning that they would see the hand of God move over their situation, that they would come to that place of faith of where they believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that the God that we serve should be the God that they serve. Would you agree with me this morning? Father, we uphold the Kelly family to you. Patwan and Balbon. Lord, we name them before you, God, this morning, that they would, as a result of their hardship, as a result of what they have been through, and as a result of your goodness and your faithfulness, God, that this morning you would encourage them with faith. God, that you would build them up in their inner man. And God, that you would turn those things around for your glory and for their good. We ask this in the name of Jesus, which is above every name. Amen. That's a big part of being in the house, being a part of, of the body of Jesus, is actually do, to do the work that he was doing. You know, when, he, when, he, when we read about Jesus in the Scriptures, we read about him being amongst families, like what Mel is speaking about. We read about him sitting with those that, that were the unsittables, the, un, the untouchables in a society. You know, as we, we come into this house, it's, it's to come and grow and strengthen ourselves so when, that when we are out in our spheres of influence, we can be a light to guys like that. You know, we can be who Jesus was, that a part of that is we come in to grow and to learn and say, Jesus, show me what you want me to be. Show me where you want me to be. Show me what it looked like for you to walk through into those, into those people, what it looks like for you to invite that work colleague to dinner. You know, that this whole thing that we're on, this whole journey is that seeing God and understanding what it looks like to, to worship Him and to know Him and then to take that love that we've understood in Him and to give it out. So we don't just, we don't just come and sit in church just to, to be fed. We're, we're here to to get something to go out and give that thing away so that others will come in and get something and go back out and give it away. And it's a cycle that works over and over and over and over again. Strength, grow, and then go and give it to somebody so that they can know the love that, that you know. Do you want to come, Joe? Let's see if we can not have a scary noise. Okay. Right. I, I asked Tara to come and, and, and share a little bit as well because it, it Tara has quite a Tara has quite a <laughs> has quite a phenomenal um, position that she stands in in God and, and I just wanted her to come I'm going to ask her a couple of questions and I just wanted to come and express that you know some of these guys from YWAM that Dave and Shri are, are, are growing and leading give their lives away for this thing. They give everything to come 
and to be a part of what God's doing. So I just wanted to express why someone of her age would do that, why she would give everything to move nations and to be, be an example for him. So why don't you just start with um, what you do and, and what your role is at YWAM, I guess. Yeah, sure. Awesome. So, yeah, I work with Dave and Sheree at YWAM. Uh, if those of you don't know quite what that is, it's Youth with a Mission. It's uh, training, and equipping training and equipping young people who come to our programs. Um, and it's awesome. Dave is a the director there, and um, I get to work under him. And a lot of my role in what I do day to day is um, helping oversee the development of our staff and students that come through our doors. Um, and yeah, so that's basically it um, in a nutshell. I don't know how much detail to kind of get in with that. Um, and a lot of what we do is a lot of local evangelism while the students are here. And then we also um, take them overseas to do training with them there and sharing the gospel in nat other nations as well. Where, where did you come from in that? And what did you sacrifice to move and, and be here for that? Sure. So I first came to be a student on this school eight years ago. And um, I was coming out of high school and... I kind of felt like a failure compared to the rest of my friends. I, uh, my friends are like, oh, I know I'm going traveling. I know I'm going to school. I know I'm working here. And I actually came out of high school having no idea what I wanted to do. And a friend approached me that she was going to do a YWAM course in Hawaii. And I thought, okay, I've always wanted to go to Australia. Let's see if there's a YWAM course there. And lo and behold, there's over 20 centers within Australia alone for YWAM. And I picked this one. And um, the reason I actually wanted to come is because um, I just wanted to grow in God. And when I came here as a student eight years ago, I was like, wow, you can actually pray for the sick and they'll recover. And I didn't know that I could even be a person to come and do that. And um, then I finished that course. I went home and I worked and I went to university and I got actually a job that I wanted within a school, actually. And um, I kind of had everything I, I wanted there. I was comfortable, but it was everything that I wanted. And it was um, when I finally landed one of the jobs that I really wanted. It was two weeks into that. God said, Gold Coast. And I'd kind of not been keeping up with my quiet times with the Lord. And I wasn't really familiar with his voice anymore. And I was like, okay, this is either God's voice or it's me. But I don't even want to take time to figure it out. I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go back to YWAM. And anyways, it was basically an ongoing uh, journey for 10 months, and he finally said, Tara, even though you don't want to go, it doesn't mean you shouldn't. Do you trust me? And I kind of broke down, and I realized, man, I'm not actually walking at a place of trust with God at all. I've totally just, um, I guess, let that go just so I could live comfortably and live how I wanted to. Um, so, yeah, I left my family and friends in Canada, like you were getting at, and I left a job that I was doing, and yeah, I didn't really want to come to YWAM originally to, for a full-time thing. I just wanted to be where I was and what I was enjoying. And to be honest, I looked at my life and how I wasn't really close with God anymore. And God's calling me to now lead people close to God. And I was like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, who am I to even do that? Um, even It was only on my YWAM school when I was a student that I even liked talking to people. Like, I was still, like, growing in a lot of areas. And I was like, God, why me? And um, so, yeah, now I've been here, but now that I've been here and actually immersed in it, I love it. And I've been here um, almost four years doing YWAM. So, yeah. What, uh, what, did you have any special training? Did you have any, um, any, yeah, any special training to be able to come and do what you do to serve God? No, I get trained daily, but I didn't have to have anything really before I came. I just willing to hear the voice of God and willing to serve and willing to be a light. Yeah, cool. And yeah. If, if you felt like God's given you a, a task to do, can you sum that up in a, a sentence? What a task would look like? No, what your task is, what you feel God's stirring Tara to complete for the kingdom or to do for the kingdom. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think as YWAM as a whole, we've recently really been talking about our mission statement and our why, why we exist. And out of that has become my own individual why. And as YWAM Gold Coast, we exist to empower people to bring transformation. And out of that for myself, I would say that 
my why is to actually bring the reality of God to people, that there's actually a reality of God that people don't know about and I want people to know because I think for me the reasons why um, I wasn't really spending time with God and I wasn't really developing myself is because I kind of forgot about the reality of God, to be honest. I think growing up in a Christian home, I was blessed by that, but I knew God up here, but I never experienced him. So I think as I've been on this journey of growing with God and experiencing him, I'm like, oh my goodness, I want others to have that yeah, same experience. Cool. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give her a clap, huh? <laughs> You know, guys, one of, one of the reasons I wanted to do this was that it, it just shows so many different aspects of what God's doing, so many different walks, so many different understandings. But to me, something that, that stands out is that it doesn't matter what, it, what you look like. It matters your heart. You know, Jesus is searching for a heart that's willing to respond to what he's doing. Debbie didn't do anything amazing for God to speak to her there. She wasn't... She wasn't in this incredible spiritual place where God spoke to her. She needed God to speak to her, so God spoke. You know, we 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 sometimes we try and make this thing so spiritualized and so so hard to uh, obtain, but it's really so simple. It really is so simple. God, what do you want me to do? God, who am I? And He will show you who He is. You know, the reason I asked Tara if she had any special training was because. We, we've kind of made it this thing where we, we have to be somebody special in order to reach out to God. But that's not what we see in the Scriptures. We see the heart of the person, if it's true and really looking for Jesus, then Jesus will show himself in that moment. So there is no, there is no special requirements. There is no act that we have to do. You know, we, we're happy to say that, but when we come down to it, we'll always tell ourselves we're not good enough. We'll always tell ourselves we're not ready. But Jesus is saying, look at me and I'll show you where we're going. I was going to get uh, Jess to speak this morning, and she's, she will speak. She's keen to, to share a bit of her testimony. But, you know, the most incredible thing for us that we constantly journey with is, God, why would you choose us? Why would you give this thing to us? You know, there's so many more people that have more of this or more of that. Why would you give it to us? Most of the time we get no answer. But when we get an answer, God says, because your heart's willing to walk after me. Your heart is willing to chase what I'm doing. So when we actually shift ourselves from a place of striving to be somebody or striving to be something and actually look in the Scriptures and go, show me God, show me who you are, and I'll follow that thing until the day's end. For someone like Tara to give everything up, all the opportunity to have, have a career, to have wealth, to, to walk the way that the world tells us she should walk, and she says, I don't know, it makes no sense, but I'm going after this thing. And we, we've sat with Tara and said, you know, you guys don't make any money. How in the world do you survive here? You know, you, 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 don't, you, you, you don't get to generate and look in the bank and go, cool, I've got my $1,000 this week for my job. They don't get that. But it doesn't matter because what matters is what God's telling them to do. What matters is, God, this thing makes no sense. I can't explain it, but I'm going to go after it because you've told me to. And when we start to see that thing, when we start to see our focus shift, like what Debbie was saying, things start to change. Things start to come into line because we position ourselves focused on God, on the things of above where Jesus is. God, I'm going to look at you the whole time and I'm going to find my strength in you. I'm going to find everything that I am in you. That's what this whole Christian walk is about. So why we gather together. That's why when we, when we go and sit at a barbecue, we can't help but talk about who Jesus is because that's our life. It's what we're doing this thing for. So I just want to encourage you that, A, your testimony is important. Every story is important. You know, I, I, I don't know if any, any of you guys have heard Todd White's testimony. Todd White, American evangelist, dreadlocks, has this phenomenal testimony that he got shot at. Holes, his car got shot at. He didn't get hit. He was on drugs. He has this f- amazing testimony and when he shares it like tearjerker and you think jeepers god i didn't have a testimony like that i grew up in a christian home my dad kept taking us to church god showed himself i just walked the path that he kept revealing it's fantastic 
But when we look at it like that, we, we, we're missing the point. You know, God, every story that we carry has a purpose. And every story that, that you share with somebody brings them into a place of, oh my goodness, I didn't know that. You know, when we were in the men's camp, the amount of times guys come to me and quietly whisper, hey, do you know what that guy does for a living? Like, yes. Jeepers, I didn't know he did that. Yeah, because you didn't take the time to actually get to know who he was. But when you do, you get so encouraged by, man, the triumphs that that guy's had or the struggles that they've had. Or did you know that their marriage for the first four years didn't work and they, they fought the whole time? And we're experiencing that. I'm seeing that thing. You know, we see, I, I don't know if you've seen, but Danny Silk, a preacher out of Bethel, he tells a story that, that for the first five years of his marriage, it was awful. Like they were fighting. There was times they wouldn't sleep in the same bed. Like he, he explains the story like they were the, 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 it was destined for destruction. And now they stand in front of the pulpit and teach about how to love your wife better. You hear that guy preach and you think to yourself, man, he's had his marriage in perfect align the whole time. No, he hasn't. He, the reason he's preaching on it is because God took him through a trial in the thing. So when we actually begin to understand, that's what the, a family looks like, is that you know the story of your brother. You know why he will tell you not to do drugs, because he's done it. And it was awful. When we get to learn each other, when we get to hear stories, it's exciting. That's why we say to guys, go and fellowship with each other. Go and have a coffee. Ask the story. Say, hey, where did you come from? Not, oh, I was from Canada. No, no, where, where, where have you come from? And what's your story? What's your journey with God? It's an odd question, but it's, it's one that will bring you into something incredible. I'm going to close. Jeepers, it's 10 past 11. We are supposed to have a small service. Didn't do that. Why don't you just close your eyes, we'll pray. And there's a coffee machine because there's power, so we can go and get coffee. Thank the Lord. God, we just thank you, Father. Jesus, we are just so grateful, Lord. Father, when it doesn't seem like you're going to show up here this morning, you show up in the most incredible way, Lord. And you just bring your heart. Father, I just pray, God, that the stories that I've heard here this morning begin to just echo into people's hearts, Lord. That they can reach out and grab who you are in this thing. They can reach out and see what it is that you're doing, Jesus. That this thing is ludicrous, God, but it doesn't matter because you are at the bottom of it. You are at the top of it, Father. You are all throughout it, Lord. And we want to just seek you and just know you more. We just love you, Jesus. We just declare your kingship in this house. We declare your kingship in this city and in this nation, Lord. We just thank you, God. We honor you. And Jesus, in your beautiful name, we pray. Amen.